Welcome to another episode of This Week in Metropolis. And as you probably noticed, we're not live. We are coming to you from the past. Isn't that exciting? So this week's episode, we thought we've spent a lot of this season talking about everyone else. And, you know, about time we talked about us because it's much more exciting, isn't it? So we're going to be running through our favourite things. We've got five, which in the normal five from the guest who, but we're going to be giving you a little bit of background about how those things came to be our favourite things. So, yeah, look forward to that. James, where can they find us? Well, Matt, um, as, as you mentioned, we are coming to you from the past, but that doesn't mean we're not on right now. On YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook, yeah. maybe? I don't know. Um, I don't know how this really works, but um, you're probably watching us there. If not, you might be listening to us on any of the usual uh, platforms where we usually are. Um, yeah, and make sure you go and check out all our social media channels as well. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all of them um, in the current difficult to go and look at them in the past although all of our back catalogue is there as well but enough about that let's watch this the latest pop culture news with your hosts james and matt welcome to this week in metropolis And here we are. Here we are, yes. Um, good evening, good morning, wherever you are. Um, as uh, we've mentioned, we have pre-recorded this episode. Um, so, um, But do get your chat in. We'll be able to keep an eye on the chat if you are watching live on this Tuesday night. That's what feels weird saying that. Talk amongst yourselves is yeah. uh, what I would say. Just talk amongst other. yourselves until we're live the following weekend and then we'll answer you. So yeah. ju just just put the comments out there. Yeah. We'll, we'll get back to you at some point. Can you believe it, Matt? This is episode nine of season flown 12. Past. It has flown by. Flown um, and we're going to take a well-deserved break after uh, episode 10. Um, but yeah, it's um, uh, due to um, commitments that one of us, <clears throat> me, um, has. Um, that's why we're not live um, this week. But... We're still going to bring you an awesome show. And as Matt mentioned in the intro, we're going to be talking about where the kind of idea of Guest Who came from, which was something Matt put together, a little kind of bio on each of us to some extent about our favourite things. Um, now, all we would have done with that is just shared what they were via a post on Instagram. But there is context behind it because some of you might look and go, well, hang on a minute. Why on earth... Does James, a 37-year-old man, why is his favourite band the 1975? Exactly. What? Who does he think what? he is? Who is he? Some sort of trendy... Teenage G? girl. <laughs> Teenage girl. G, yeah, that's the same thing, um, I think. So, yeah, so that's what we're going to be doing tonight. We're not really going to be touching upon much news because we're only a few days after we did do a live episode, so there's not much news that's uh, broke since then. But um, keep an eye on the on the page. You would have seen on Instagram any news that um, we're breaking, obviously, because that's where it's all coming from now. We are the new, um, uh, what what is it, Reuters? I don't know what even it is. The Daily Star. Um, Daily yeah. Star. Yeah, we are Something the new like that, version yeah. of the Daily Star. Um, but kick us off, Matt. What 
where did some of your favorite things come from that you picked well let's work through i think let's work through sort of um item mm. by item do that. which starts off with band um is, oh. is the one top in the list uh, where, would you like me to go first with, yes with please band? do so my band my favorite band of all time and has been for a very very long while is nirvana um I first, I remember the very first time I heard Nirvana and it was on Top of the Pops. And when they appeared on Top of the Pops um, in 1991, this would have been, so many, many, many years ago. Now, the first time they were on Top of the Pops, they, prefer, they performed Smells Like Teen Spirit. And when they performed it, uh, Kurt, lead singer Kurt Cobain, if you don't know and you should, um, sent it up a bit like they were pretending to play their guitars upside down and stuff he was putting on this really low voice and they were just making fun in the whole thing and mm. i remember being around my nan's house and my nan hearing it going oh what's that rubbish why they got that on there that sort of thing but there was just something i'd never heard in something, something in the way so there was something in the way that nice reference <laughs> that just caught my interest like, mm. i i hadn't heard song for i didn't know what it really sounded I thought, oh, what's, what's this? Um, and then it wasn't until the following year um, when I think I'd heard Come As You Are. I think someone made a mixtape and put one that on there, and I quite like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until Lithium came out, and I remember buying the single of that and absolutely loving it. And up until that point, I was into bands like Guns N' Roses yeah, and, and people bad. and Metallica and people like that. Mm. And was well into it but with nirvana i think it was the you know it there was just something different uh, mm. about nirvana that i really from the word go really related to the, the music and, and everything and it just did you ever get to see him live no unfortunately not mm. i have i bought a ticket for their uh european tour for in utero um which was going to be the beginning of 1994 um, but unfortunately, he died before that. So wow. I've still got the ticket. So yeah, that, yeah. that's my um, um, memento Just in case he's it. not dead. Just in case they make a comeback. Um, yeah. Yeah. In Fast and Furious ever, I mean, did, did, the, did the rest of the band ever decide to carry on? Um, obviously, I know like Dave Grohl was the drummer in Nirvana originally, wasn't he? Yeah. Did, did they ever kind of carry on after Kurt Cobain died? Um. Chris and Voslek, who's the bass player, he did a side project. Mm. It was called God, what, Sweet 69 or something, something like that. that. That sort of name to it is him and another person, which didn't really come to much. Um, and then Dave Grohl started Nirvana in, uh, started Nirvana, started um, Foo Fighters in 95, I think it was. Because mm. you and see like, a... bands like Queen, obviously, they, they still go now. And yeah. it's just not got Freddie on, on lead. But yeah, which, it's just one of them things that I wonder... This is a bit of a shambles, then... isn't it? I, I, for, for me, I think it's always really hard for a band to replace a lead singer. Because, it, especially like with Nirvana, Kurt was Nirvana, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, the, the other two played a fundamental part, and it wouldn't have been the same without those two. But he wrote all the songs. And it was... Uh, everyone identifies Nirvana so much with him without him. It's yeah. not really. I I, I, I really know exactly work. what you mean because I went to see Blink um, 182 um, mm. when 
<laughs> so weird. Um, when Tom DeLong had obviously, yeah. um, he, he'd he'd long <laughs> Tom he Tom DeLong had been sure. long gone. Um, I was trying to do some sort of reference there, but my brain's not working. Um, and yeah, just as it was still them, but it wasn't, if you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the guy who they brought in to almost be lead alongside Mark Coppers just wasn't, the, he had a very unique voice himself. Um, although since then, Tom is now He's back in the back, band. isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and listening to him now, it just takes me back to like old Blink days. But, but yeah, like it, when you're replacing the lead singer, I guess it's, you know, you mentioned Foo Fighters. Obviously, we've lost um, um, Taylor Hawkins Taylor in Hawkins. the last year. Yeah. So replacing a drummer as amazing as he is essentially yeah. the drum sounds the same yeah exactly he can play those parts in exactly the same way as the other guy did yeah. and it doesn't yeah. affect the experience that much but there have been like um another band of that era who i absolutely loved is Alison chains and they um their uh, singer died uh, as well after that, the, the sort of career was winding down a little bit after, uh, when uh, Lane Staney died. But they've replaced him. And the mm. guy, weirdly, sings quite similar to him, um, which mm -hmm. is really odd. He, he didn't look anything like him. But they've continued as a band and uh, with sort of relative success. And I think, like you said, Queen has. I guess yeah. it's, you know. And you think of a personality that Freddie Mercury was to replace yeah. him. Yeah. Well, Again. It still feels like a covers band to me, though. yeah. And there's there's yeah. just something not there. Um, but I think with the, the the big thing for me with Nirvana is I think it the like for me the lasting legacy of Nirvana. Well, for me personally, is that it taught me like from having I listened to bands like Guns and Roses, and I was always interested in playing the guitar and things like that. But when you look at someone like Slash from Guns N' Roses, who's incredible at playing the guitar, you look at that and think, I can't do that. Mm. That's, that's madness. Whereas Nirvana, I looked at what Kurt was doing and I could work out what he was doing. And I got the like the songbooks and, and learned the songs and that. And it taught me, yeah, you can do that. You can make music. Yeah. You can, you know, it's, it's accessible at lots of different levels uh, as such. So, yeah. Good, Good shout. Good shout. Mine, as I mentioned uh, in the intro, was, well, still is, the 1975. And that's, the, the, my favourite band has changed over the years, you know, but this one has been a pretty consistent one now since I first first started listening to them probably, what, four or five years ago? No, probably a bit longer than that, maybe. More. They've been around for a surprising amount of time, I think, now. Yeah, yeah and... My my music taste, I wouldn't say, has necessarily changed. I guess with them, they are probably a bit more pop rock, mm. if you even class it as rock. I don't know. What would you? I don't class? know what you drink. I think they're probably just more pop music, aren't they? But yeah, pop music now is quite a diverse thing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like... But like you know, it's weird you mentioned Guns and Roses because I remember listening to them and when I was really young because my dad had all their albums. So you know. I was introduced into rock music from a pretty young age. Um, and then my, my taste in music kind of went down that way and new metal or whatever you want, like Linkin Park and bands like that. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's kind of settled now on the, the style that the 1975 are. And obviously on their record label, they've got a lot of artists who are signed up to that, like Beaver Doobie, who we went yeah. to see. Um, and there's a, there's a few others, none that's named spring to mind this second, but I, I just, 
I like how they've developed and changed their own way over the years, but not to a point where it's one massive it's not jump. Them. No, it's exactly. Yeah. It's still them. And, you know, like the last few kind of, I think it's the last two or three albums, they've really started introducing like this saxophone player, which, you know, I would have never mm. thought of going, oh, I love the saxophone. But now. Tell you what we need. We need a saxophone player. Yeah. It, it just makes it. It's just like how they kind of, it's either there subtly in the background or there'll be some big sax solo at the end. Yeah. Um, and now I hear it in other artists now, like Sam Fender. He's got a few songs where there's sax in the background. Yeah, and I, I notice it more now. I've got more of an ear for it. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and like you say, I think as a lead front man, like Matt Healy, he's, he's character. And he's got, yeah. and I just think the lyrics, I mean, I've always been one for lyrics, me, because it has to mean something. And I think yeah. when I break the songs down that I listen to of, of theirs, there is always a meaning or there's some sort of clever um yeah just just a message there of sorts but they're all very personal to him and i think what i like is now as well you you it's easy to access the kind of interviews they do afterwards where they talk through their album and what what that song is about or yeah. what's the message or whatever and i i think that's great whereas you probably didn't have the luxury of having all that probably listening to Nirvana back in the, mm. the 90s. So and that's, that's oh, a yeah. really interesting point, actually, because the amount of like, access you have to information now is, is huge. And I've still got, um, which is a little bit morbid, but in, in a way, but I've still got loads and loads of like NME and like music magazines of that time of when he died and like reports on them and, and things like that. Um, and that was the only way you found out about these bands was, yeah. you know, if Kerrang came out and like those sort of things and you read probably what happened last month or whatever in that magazine. And yeah. That, and that's all there was. And there's so much stuff now um, that is available on like Wikipedia and sort of you mm. can read and I quite often do some bit of a, a nerd when it comes to these things. Same. If I find out about a band, I'll read like you can read about the album and you can read about how the album was made and you can read sort of like where they did it and what happened and yep. why they did certain things and it's, it's amazing, absolutely amazing. It's a dream to have that. Yeah, well, and and completely unrelated to music, but I was flicking through the channels the other night and there was a there's a documentary on on Channel Four at the moment about Bronson, Charles Bronson, right, and and. I know of him, but I don't know why he's in prison or what his story is. And like you say, straight away. You can look it up. I'm, watching, I'm, yeah. I'm Googling and going, oh, so he did that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, like you say, it's it's very easy to... Um, and, and there's a lot of stories that, like, even now, like, they'll, you know, we, we talked about um, Linkin Park, didn't we, on the last episode, mm. where they've just released a, a song that was kind of found in the archives but, yeah you know the amount of kind of interviews and um stories that you can find that might not necessarily be published on all the kind of main enemies and kerrang and yeah. all that but might just be a podcast interview that they've done somewhere yeah. and all of a sudden someone's taken a snippet of that it's just like you say it's a lot yeah. easier to access all that now and you can you send sort of like linking part thing with the unreleased songs there are so many because you know, going back to nirvana they had four albums. Um, mm. So there's Bleach, then Incest Side, which was like a, a 
B-side sort of or, or live recordings and stuff like that. Mm. Then in utero and they did not the unplugged one as well. Um there are so many songs that have some have been released officially now, but if you look on YouTube, and it's probably the same in nineteen seventy five, you can like listen to demos and you can mm. listen to bits and pieces of I still I think I've probably heard all of them now, but there's still the odd song that comes up now. Yeah. Well, I think I've never heard that Nirvana song. Before. Yeah, yeah. And I'll look well, it up, and it's amazing. Again, I'd never heard something in the way um, until really? until the Batman. Yeah. Wow. And I love it. Yeah, that was a big it. song. Yeah. And I quite like now that that for a while I probably would have been completely against it, but like you now hear songs like that in um, being used in different things. I think I quite like that. Mm. Now, as long as it's done in a good way, and I think in Batman it's done in a good way. And there was one, one um, I can't remember what it was used, Come As You Are, recently as well. That film or a TV program. Yeah, you're used right. that in the trailer, and I can't think what it is. So it, it does seep into yeah, to things definitely. now. But no. Oh, and that, that's a good um, move into. It was the next one movie on yeah, the list. the next one is movie. Yeah. Do you want to go first with, with this one? Yeah, so did I put Jerry Maguire? I'm sure I did. You did put Jerry Maguire, Good. yeah. Well, that's a relief, because otherwise... <laughs> <laughs> really big. It's like my favourite film ever. Um, so, Jerry Maguire, why is it my favourite film? Because, you know, a lot of people wouldn't class that as, like, one of the best films ever made, and I'm not even saying it is. Have you seen Jerry Maguire? I've never seen it, no. So, so um, it's not one... I can't add any one. comment to, to mm. this, this movie at all. Do you know what it was? For me, I just loved the story of it. It was it was a bit of a comedy. It was a bit of a romance, probably a rom-com you'd probably put it as, but there was the sports element to it as well, which I really liked. Tom Cruise, he was the main man. Cuba Gooding Jr. was in it. Um, and Renee Zellweger. And the little boy was the one out of blimmin' um, Stuart Little, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, I think he was. <laughs> and, and again, like... And there's there's even the sister, I can't remember who plays her, but she was quite a famous actress as well. Um, but the the story of it, I guess, for me, was what I liked the most. And seeing that kind of, you know, him standing up against it and wanting to be a different... Like, he was a, he's a sports agent, and he wanted to focus on the relationship and not, not just be about the, the money in the sense. Um, and it was more about kind of... Rather than having that was it, I'm I'm pretty sure it was rather than having tons of clients, focus more on, you know, having a smaller pool of clients, but you know, massaging that well. yeah, and, and getting the best for them rather than trying to spread yourself too thin. I mean, don't we all, you know, in in our normal day to day? And he kind of stood up against it and um, was almost ridiculed for obviously this is not real life, but um <laughs> And and it's I remember a the documentary. The it's not yeah, a film. yeah. No, but the scene in the movie where he kind of stands up and he's like, "I'm going. Who's coming with me? I'm gonna I'm gonna change the 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 kind of the game on this. Who's coming with me?" And everyone's just sat there. And then Renee Zellweger says, "I'll do it." They fall in love and yada yada. But it, and again, it was the kind of relationship that he has with her son, who's the little boy, and yeah. There's and there's some powerful lines in it. You know, show me the money. That was kind of. Cuba Gooding Jr. and him shouting down the yeah. phone. I mean, they're, they're famous for that. Um, you had me at hello. Oh, God. Um, Is that the point you well up? 
Yeah, but then you know me, I'm a big softie and I, so, you know, I might have, you know, like an absolute, I might have the, the body of, you know, um, some steel. sort of, of steel, hence the name. Um, <laughs> but but inside, there's there's emotion. Yeah, it's like a, it's uh, what I will say fellow. is, is I, I've probably not, what it's not, although it's my favourite film of all time, it's not one that I've watched like hundreds of times. Yeah. Like there's definitely films, I was thinking about this earlier, there's definitely films that I've seen more, mm. like multiple times, but purely through like, you know, you just enjoy them films. Yeah. Um, but there's still something about that film that I always go to. Plus it's got one of my favourite songs in it as well, Bruce Springsteen, Secret Garden. Yeah, mm. so, yeah, it's a win-win. I will have to watch it at some point. I don't know why I haven't, to be honest. It's on one of those... <laughs> it, I thought you could say, it... I don't know why I have to. Um, I'm really against this. I think it's one of those films, I've, I've said this many times before, if there's something like a film or a song or whatever that everyone loves, there's part of me that fights against it. It's like, right, I don't want to watch that because like, everyone loves it so much. I'm going to protest. not everyone loves this film. It's just me. Well, no, it's but a it was like... a huge film when it came out, wasn't it? Really? it? You know, yeah. It was a big I thing. I mean, it weren't like, it? like um, Oscar nominee or anything like that, that sort of level. I don't know. Let's remember it being really popular. I'm pretty so, sure it won't. I'll watch it. I'll do a review. How about that? I'll do a one-minute review. I'd love to see your one-minute. I would love it because I bet it would be like four out of ten. (laughs) One. What have I just wasted my (laughs) life watching? One. To digress very slightly um, off of the the subject, a film that fit into that criteria of one that I knew was so popular and I'd never seen before. So I thought, I'm going to watch this. And when I was ill a couple of weeks ago, I spent my COVID-induced days watching movies. Mm. And one that I watched was Being John Malkovich. Never seen it before. Knew it was a really popular film. Who's the lead actor in that? It's, oh, what's his name? Uh, John Cusack. Uh, It's John John Malkovich. Well, no, he's not the main character, though, in it. Oh. The story, do you know what the, the plot line is for this? Kind of. Remind me. So John Cusack is a puppeteer, but he's he's not really found a lot of success in it. So he goes to work for this uh, company as for filing. Because he's got really nimble hands where he's a puppeteer, he can file things really quickly. Right. And um, the, the, the weirdness starts. Like the, I like weird stuff, but i be honest, it pushed me over the edge of, of weirdness. The first weird bit is the place where they work is on the, is it in the sixth and a half floor, on the seventh and a half floor. So you have to stop the lift halfway and open the doors. And then everyone's bent over because it's that it's a half floor. So that's the first weird bit. Um, he finds this portal into John Murkovich's brain, basically. So when he goes into this portal, he can see what he's doing, but only for 15 minutes. And after the 15 minutes, he's ejected out the sky at the New Jersey Turnpike, because it's set in New York. So he's just dropped to the side of the road. He has to make his way home. So he really he really fancies this girl at work, and she absolutely hates him. She just completely disrespects him. Um, he's a bit of a, a bit of a loser. Um, but they come up with this plan that they're going to sell tickets 
for it. So they sell tickets to people after hours when the office is shut to go inside John Malkovich's head. Um, the, that the is next, bizarre. That's bizarre. However, the next weird bit of it, it gets even weirder. He lives, his wife is Cameron Diaz, and you'd barely recognise her. She's she's really good character in it. But they live in this house, and they got all these animals, like they got a monkey and all this sort of weird stuff. He gets her to go in it, but when she's in it, his colleague is out on a date with John Malkovich. She falls in love with, but being inside John Malkovich, his colleague falls in love with John Malkovich, but only when his wife is inside him. So they didn't fall in love, but only in the context of that. It's just, I was just watching this and it's really good. Don't get me wrong. It's a really good film. Right, and the acting is like top notch, but they j- just kept pushing me further into this madness, like further and further into this madness. I was just thinking, what is happening? What? What? So is, when what they're is inside him, can they control yeah. him? Well, bit of a spoiler. They learn how to, and particularly because he's a puppeteer, when he's inside him, he can then like control. John Malkovich, and he takes no. over John Malkovich for a, a time. There we go. That's that my, um, not your favourite film. That's not my favourite film. That's just a very weird film that I'm glad I've watched and I'll probably never, ever watch again because it's too weird. Um, my favourite film, which is one that I've watched, I couldn't tell you how many times I've watched this film, um, is Blade Runner. And when I remember first seeing it probably on TV late one night, ages and ages ago. Um, but it was the version, there's a couple of versions of it, and the original, I think it was the original theatrical version, had commentary over it. Well, not commentary, like a narration um, over it, and it was, it was a, quite a different film. I think it has sort of a happy ending to it and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but I remember it being one of the very first films. I got a DVD player, probably early 2000s, and I got Blade Runner, and I got Batman, like the Tim Burton Batman. I can't remember what the other one was. I think it was Singles, which is a Cameron Crowe film, which I really like. It was, I think it was those three films. And since then, I've just absolutely loved it. I mean, it's the it's a sci-fi film. If you've never seen it, you should really watch it. It was made in 1982 by Ridley Scott, so it's a really old film. But I think watching it now, it still holds up. Like the special effects in that still yeah. look amazing the, yeah. the way they were done. Um, it's just a whole mood of it. It's it's very dark. Like the um, where they live is just it's constantly raining, and you've got all these weird sort of characters, and um, you can't get animals anymore because they've all been made extinct. So you have to buy sort of animals and and. It's a robot animals and that. Right. And it's uh, the story of a, a guy who they refer to him as a Blade Runner. He has to, there are replicants, which are androids, basically, that have come from an off-world colony. And they know they're going to die. They, they've become sentient and they're aware that they only have a limited span to their lives. Right. So they're trying to find the guy who made them to make them live forever, basically. Um, but it's... Uh, Blade, the Blade Runner's job um, to hunt them down and kill them, uh, essentially. And he, but along the way, he sort of forms a relationship with a girl who is actually a, a replicant as well. 
Um, there's a little bit more to it, but not to spoil it. But it's just, I, I could watch it endlessly. I mean, Harrison Ford's the main character. He's awesome. Um, well, it. I was just going to say, like, Ridley Scott then, like, when you were watching that film then, what year did it come out? 82. 82. But I wouldn't have seen it in 82. I think no, it was no, no, late, of late 90s. Do you think watching that now, knowing that that was made then by him, do you think Ridley Scott was kind of ahead of his years at that time? Mm, definitely. Mm. You can you can tell the, the love that was put into that. I've I've tried watching. I've never been able to get way, all the way through it. There is a making of the Blade Runner, and wow. it's about four hours long, this thing, because they go into such meticulous detail about like how they did the special effects and how they yeah. filmed certain things and that. And it was a real passion project for him to do it. And it holds up, because um, we've spoken about this before. Certain films you watch that have got a lot of CGI in them, age. Like films from a particular time with a lot of CGI in really, really age. Whereas because mm. this has got a lot of, you know, they built buildings and aged yeah. them and, you know, there's proper rain coming down and there's like the way they did the effects were very practical. So it, it, it just gives that element of authenticity to yeah. it um, more than anything. Um, Rutger Hauer's in it and he's like got, you were saying about Jerry Maguire, he's got a very famous, speech right at the end sort of just as he's dying there's a um bit that he says that he i think he made up on the spot when he was doing mm. it and, and nice. things like that and there were just so many beautiful moments in yeah. in the film it's it's a sci-fi film but it's not i know it's a bit more um thoughtful there's action yeah. in it but it's just it's a very thoughtful film as well but yeah which i don't think you've seen that have you i haven't no no, I haven't seen Blade Runner. Um, but it's again, it's one of them ones that... I, guess, I, I know I shouldn't judge it because it's from 1982. Like you say, it's it's ahead of its time. So, But it's, it's just kind of... Like you say, by the time I was probably old enough to appreciate a film like that, or what was the age rating on it? Uh, I think it's a 15. Well, see, I went 15 until... Um, 91. Mm-hmm. I think quick maths um no because she was born in 86 2001 i would have been five um yeah two, 2001 so by then you know i was out um drinking beers um yeah i was busy mate it's fine but now you i'm old put it, on your list. Now. put it on your list to watch it's, on, work, it's actually I've... on that poster that was bought for me where you scratch them off and all the films there i'm pretty go. sure that's on it's a classic I've never managed to get through the second one though, because mm. they very, very recently made was it Blade Runner twenty forty nine? It's called yeah. something like that, isn't it? And aren't they going to be doing like a, a Blade Runner series or something? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I felt I just see Blade Runner as one of those films where it's just like this um, is almost like a capsule. Like you, yeah, you can do sequels and that, but it doesn't. Um, you can't get better than that really yeah. if, if i'm honest there, there, there's so many parts that came together and just worked and it's one of the very few films um the soundtrack is done by uh, a guy called vangelis who's a very famous um electronic composer and i would listen to that soundtrack and it's just i listen to the soundtrack and because i've seen the film so many times i know what part of the film it is 
mm. and they're not songs it's just you know music for yeah. for, for each of the scenes are absolutely lovely nice yeah. there you go nice which brings us to tv shows tv yeah what was yours mine is frasier is my oh, uh, another thing that's being favorite. rebooted or carried on I don't know. yeah I don't tell me that. he's involved in it though like they're bringing back original characters but anyway let's mm. I, I i well i think you told me where the origin of that came from as well yeah see he's uh dr frasier crane's originally from cheers mm. he was one of the characters who sat around the bar Cheers, because the story of Frasier, the the actual plot, is um, his marriage breaks down and he moves from Boston. I think it's Boston. Cheers is is set. Um, He moves from there to Seattle and starts his life again. Basically, Mm -hmm. Um, is the plot of it. It's it's one of those things that I probably got into because it was one of those sitcoms that they always showed on Channel Four. Yeah, like in the morning on Channel Four, whenever it was. And I remember seeing it and just catching it and just so absolutely. And again, it was just something about it that sort of clicked with me, his sense of humour. And um, it's it's a weird thing to say. It's what intrigued me a bit about it is because him and Niles are very um, sort of snobby and whatever. Now, some of the jokes they made, I didn't even get the jokes because yeah. they're about like these... I know, like some fancy wine or about opera or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and they'll say these things, and I just think I don't really understand that. But, but it sounds funny. It. it sounds funny, exactly. I just yeah. love the way they're doing it. Mm. Um, but I think it's it's one that I I started watching from the beginning fairly recently, because um, I've seen it on TV and I've seen bits and pieces, but I've never sort of seen the complete thing. And it's funny now watching it because I think I. I think on one of the episodes in in series one, he says he's 41, I think he is. And like you look at Frasier, or I've always looked at Frasier, and he looks like an old man. And now watching it, and he still looks like an old man because of the time and like his yeah, yeah. balding hair and, and whatever. But so many of the things he's going through, where you're then older, you relate more to yeah. it from that that level. Yeah, whereas yeah, before yeah. you was laughing at the funny jokes, now you're seeing that he's problems he's having in life and with his dad and yeah, that sort of yeah. thing and you you get it even more as such well it's, it's funny you you've hit the nail on the head there because even when i was watching i, I would watch it because like you say it was on channel four and i'm pretty sure even like sunday when you used to have channel four they just used to do like the whole of the last week's episodes of hollyoaks and they'd play fraser yeah t4 so like i'd, I'd watch loads of fraser but I was probably too young to appreciate it. And like you say, probably watching it now, I'd probably find it even more funny. Yeah. I found it funny. And I don't know, like the dynamic of it, like with him, his brother, was it the dad? Yeah. So his, his dad, Marty, comes to live with him. That's it. Um, I just think the dynamic reminds me a bit like Only Falls, but... It is, yeah. Obviously, there's, there's it's a lot different in the sense of what well, they no, do. But... I think that's a really good comparison. And mm. like with both of those... It is an absolute masterclass in writing. Like mm. the way those two are, are written, yeah, it's just faultless. Um, and Christopher Lloyd, like interestingly, like seeing it now, Christopher Lloyd comes up as one of the producers or one of the writers. Christopher mm-hmm. Lloyd being Doc Brown from Yeah, 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 Back to the Future. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it 
perfect example. It is. It's the the those different characters and how those different character characters play off each other. Yeah, is is the genius of that. Yeah, it is brilliant. Now, equally, I've got yours. Well, we equally brilliant, I would say. Yeah, to a minute amount of people, um, is lost. Mm. Yeah, um, and again, we me and when we had Mark on the live show last this last week, um, we we talked a little bit about Lost. Then me and him watched that together from start to finish. I've watched it again since with with my wife. You know, not long after we got together, I'm surprised she stayed with me. To be fair, but um, yeah, I, I I loved the characters. I loved the concept. It was the kind of guessing what was going to happen next and. I mean, you've got to remember this came out during a period of time when we, I think they had the writer's strikes, didn't they, in, mm. in America at the time? That so I think it, a load of programs. Yeah, there was a few. It? I want to say Prison Break had a, an issue around the oh, same yeah, time. Yeah. There was another show as well. But so that there was a kind of dip in the middle. But when I watch it, I don't notice it. I don't watch it and go, this is going to be rubbish. Well, this like, is a rubbish episode. Yeah, yeah. because they still, uh, they still, managed to make it work and yeah yeah, there was plot holes in it obviously and you know there was people would moan that they went back to the island and all that sort of stuff but again it was that kind of i think because it was on for six or seven series in the end you it gave it enough time that was when you had like 20 odd episodes a series it wasn't Mm. like now where and they were all like an hour long episodes as well so it is it is an investment but I, I just love because you you get to know the character. And I remember every episode, certainly in the first season, focused on each individual character. Yeah. You found out about their backstory, you know, I think Jack. Be, yeah. Before the crash and whatever you'd yeah, see. Yeah, exactly. Life was, yeah, and, and where it all leads them. And then obviously you get to a point probably on episode 12 or whatever, where all of a sudden you're you're then dealing with what's going on on the island. Um. And then you add that they met up with other people who had landed there. And it it was just, I thought it was really well done. And I think once, it's one of them shows where once you get to a certain point, you think, well, I can't, I can't turn around now. I've, I've either, I've either got to see it through or cut my ties with it. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to see it through. And yeah, I, I loved it. Yes, the ending was a little bit, but I think again, I think it, a lot of those are though. If yeah. you've got a TV yeah. series that runs that long mm. and for that many episodes, mm. I think everyone has such a high expectation of what you're working up to, and mm. quite often it just doesn't meet that. Yeah, um, expectation. And it's it? funny because I I always thought off the back of that that a lot of them actors from that show would go on to do, to do big things. I mean, mm. Evangeline Lilly, Lilly, she obviously yeah. has, she's just been in Ant-Man, but I mean, she's done yeah. more than that, obviously, but, but even like Matthew Fox, I don't think who, who was Jack. He was like, big for a little while, wasn't he? Yeah. But, well, but when the show was on. I only saw the other day when, when I was looking at some news that the guy who played Sawyer, he's going to be in a new show created by the same people that made Lost or whatever. And it's just like, right. there's a lot of them that didn't really, go anywhere is it do you reckon that they'd have after seven seasons 20 episodes a season they probably had enough and they probably had enough money to be all right the funny thing is you start to see i remember afterwards you did start to see certain characters pop up on things because obviously it was a huge show at the time 
But it was one of them ones where all of a sudden you'd see like two or three of the same character or actors yeah, from yeah. that show pop up in something else. The guy who played John Locke, like, yeah, um, he he started popping up on a few things. I never saw her. Or did I say the the big guy Hurley? I'm sure he was mm. seen him in one thing, but yeah, I, I think it it was kind of it's one of them things where I think you're almost a bit typecast. Then like that's your character. Yeah. No one can see outside of that, but. Hey, yeah. it was a great show. I absolutely love it. I'd, I'd happily watch that again, actually. Mm. What, am I doing? what am I doing after this? Let's yeah, start, start you off again. That's it. <laughs> well. What was, what was next? Gadget? Next is Gadget. Yeah. Oh. Well, um, well for, for me on that one, it, it has to be. I think I, I said at the time. There, there was a lot of gadgets that came to mind. You yeah. said I, this. It is my phone. Um, and it's probably part. I, I probably use my phone too much, in all mm. in all fairness. Um, but at the same time, I think you know what you can do on a phone now compared to you know. I remember being thirteen and getting my first Nokia, and was obsessed with playing Worms or Snakes or whatever it was on it. Yeah. Um, you know all them things that like where it is now. I remember. It's a really silly story. I don't know if I've said this before. I remember. Um, having a phone and mm. my wife or girlfriend at the time sent me a text message and I didn't know what it was. Like genuinely, I got this message and I'm like, how's that work? And that just completely blew my mind. And mm. so I thought, oh, I can reply to this, it, which sounds stupid, absolutely stupid now. Yeah. Back in that time, it, I, it just wasn't on my radar or anything like that. But It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. It is mad. I mean, like you say, I think the thing, you can use your phone as a, as a basically a, a router now, can't you? Essentially, you use mm. it as a hotspot. Like Wi-Fi you know, hotspot, yeah. I watch football on my phone because I've got the apps that I use if I'm out. And yeah. It's, it's, it, it's just so many things in one small device. I mean, it's bigger. I than... used to think for a while, you know, would it be, could I go back to having like a dumb phone and, and what? I remember you saying. But then you think like so many convenient things. Like if I go down the shop and I have to remember a particular thing or like, I don't know, you, you're going to be in queue and you need a particular paint color. To, mm. because you've already got you take a picture of it i yeah. always do that if i want to if i have to remember a particular like, or if i'm out shopping and i see something i think oh i really like that i'll remember that and take a picture of it you can send an email like you instantly. can pay for things with it you can pay for things you can yeah. just it, it's just yeah endless yeah. can you i know there is that whole thing where you spend too much time on your phone or whatever but you know maybe in some instances you can but i think the benefit that you yeah. get from a phone is is well, and, and not you just can that, always I'm... put it down as well. Can, That's the thing. Like people talk as if it's you know not their choice, but you can yeah. put it down. Like you don't have to use it, but the the things you can use it for, I think, far outweigh the the, well, the negative. The, the, really. the other day, this this cracks me up because all my like everyone I know, and you're the one that got me onto Android, but all my friends at work have all got Apple phones. Yeah. And basically, if they ever need anything edited, they always send it to me and say, James, can you do mm. this? Can you do that? Because you can't do I, anything. Man. I, I've, I've got a picture here that I'll, I'll happily show you because it was my boss's birthday. So we took a picture of him popping open a bottle of champagne, right? So yeah. there he is, right? And it was a nice picture. And he said, can you take them fire hydrants out? Yes, I can. Yeah. Boom. Wouldn't even know they were there. Ta-da. 
That is brilliant, isn't it? And, and literally, it's it is literally the easy, and you wouldn't even know until I realised that you can actually. Oh, I can't can't really show you, but you can no, actually see, see the reflection of the, um, <laughs> oh, the right. glass. But no one knows, so it's fine. But That's my point brilliant. is, like that was literally just me drawing a dotted draw, line around it. Around Boom, it. it's gone. You wouldn't even know it was there. So clever, isn't it? It's it's incredible. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, for me, it was that. I mean, one of the things that came to mind was my mini disc player. That probably would have been a close second because oh. I absolutely loved mini disc. Oh, I have my mini disc player down here somewhere. I don't know where it is. Um, but yeah, I I absolutely loved mini disc. So I dug all mine out and um, yeah. best format ever yeah. in, in my I opinion. It was awesome, absolutely yeah. awesome. Well, for very similar reasons to what you've said about uh, your gadget choice, your phone, mine is my computer. And uh, mm -hmm. the sole reason, and probably for years it's been the case, my computer allows me to edit this podcast. It allows me to make art. It allows me to do music. Um, and it allows me to do anything I pretty much want to do. Yeah. Um, which uh, which I find is incredible, and a bit like you said with a phone, the the things you can do are just like seemingly endless now that that you can you, you can yeah. do with it, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Like to the point now, which are, which is really weird, you can emulate so many different things now. Like I was reading, uh, this is the kind of thing that I do. I was reading an article about Nine Inch Nails, who I love. Um, and Not nine actually inch... Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> nine Inch Nails, I collect them. Um, <laughs> the band Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. And apparently when uh, Trent Reznor um, was doing Nine Inch Nails, he didn't want guitars that sounded like guitars, which is a really silly thing, but he wanted guitars that sounded like, like really metallic and like different, and he wanted to edit them. And at the time, he used this piece of software called TurboSynth, um, which is long obsolete. Like This was 30 years ago, and no one uses it anymore. But I was able to find a video which taught, told you how to emulate the old Macintosh computer on your computer and install that piece of software so I can use it. Have Stuff you done like it? like that. Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> um, stuff like that. Amazing. Like so, mm. you you can it's almost like time travel and that sort of thing. You can you can do things like that. And with like I said, you, the editing I can do with with my art, the music, the software you can get for music now is just ridiculous. I can create anything I want, just me. And and that's mm. what I always struggled with in the past was, you know, I play guitar, I sort of formed bands as, as such now and again, but never had me in any of them, did you? <clears throat> Unbelievable. No, because I didn't know you at the time. Um, but now, yeah, it's, <clears throat> we can do it now. Let's, let's set up a band and we'll, we'll, we'll make beautiful music together. Um, yeah, let's do it. But yeah, it, it allows me to sit here and create a music and drums and strings and like whatever I want. It's yeah, incredible. I mean, it is. I mean, you, you're right. It's um, and I've seen it firsthand because of what you do for our show so um yeah i think the evidence is all around us with with what we do and the fact we can do a podcast right yeah. you know yeah in different places with different people around the world it's phenomenal yeah. when i would have never i mean going back many years now when i was kind of on the train heading into london to work listening to ricky gervais's podcast i would have i remember saying to mark again mark got me into that 
I remember saying to him, we, we would be awesome if we'd done a podcast, mm. me and you, because that was our sense of humour. It was exactly the same. I was the Carl yeah. Pilkin and he was the Ricky Gervais, you know, taking piss. So, yeah. and to think now, you know, we years do. later, here we are. Exactly. Mental. Well, to, to finish off, which I think this bit's going to be a bit of a short one, if I'm honest, because I haven't got a great deal to say about. My favourite food is the... Yeah. My favourite uh, food... What is on. your favourite food? Chili con carne. Is, yeah, uh, that's a bit of a random choice. I, I mean, maybe you need... Do you home make this, or is this one that yeah. Kerry makes, no. or what? Homemade. The, um, yeah. We have for dinner... Is it a recipe, regular. or is it straight out of jar? No, um, freshly made with the minced beef, tomatoes, um, cumin. Yeah, just sort of mix it all up. Cumin, some people the interesting cum. thing that we've started putting in, and this is really just a product of having children rather than anything else. We always used to make it with kid. No, yeah, we always used to make it with kidney beans, which is the traditional thing that you put in it. Now put baked beans in it. I've heard about this. I've heard really, this. really nice. Yeah, really, yeah. really nice. Tin of baked beans, lovely. Yeah, just adds a bit of sweetness, I'm guessing, for the kids. As it well, does. It thickens it up a bit. Yeah, it makes yeah. it more accessible for the kids. I absolutely love it. The thing is, though, they absolutely hate it. Both my boys completely hate it. So when I have it, I love it. I'm there. I'm just like, enjoying the experience. They're sitting there saying, Barfing, why, do to, why do we have to eat this? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yours, do you remember what yours was? Curry curry yeah, yeah definitely and and that wouldn't have usually again this is something that's changed probably since i've lived up here because i used to hate curry when i was younger absolutely mm. hate it because if we well. ever had a takeaway if we had an indian we'd never actually have a curry i, I can't remember all of it we used to get like onion barges all these other things but i can't remember ever actually eating a curry from an indian mm. um we'd ha we'd eat curry but it'd always be like homemade yeah. If we had Chinese, oh my god, I was in my element. I love yeah. Chinese food. Um, but now, since I've lived in Norfolk, I've I've been kind of um, yeah, opened up into the world of curry, mm. and I'm not one for kind of mega spice. I'm not I'm not going for yeah. a, a Madras or a, or a Vindaloo or anything like that. But I've now found my spot where it's hot enough that I'm going oh, but it's also quite sweet because I go for one called a uh, apathia mm. pathia right some people <laughs> call it apathia but it's actually pathia um and it's and it is hot sweet and spicy that's that's how mm. it's described and and it is it is delicious and like i say it gives you mm. all them kind of sensations and i just think the flavor is incredible yeah have a, a nice little um peshwari naan on the side or a garlic naan love a peshwari naan yeah, yeah, really good. Mm. Um, and then we, we'll get like a nice little side. I like aloo gobi, all the, all the sides. Yeah. I love all that, yeah. Just yeah. literally, I, I love Indian cuisine now. So, um, yeah, definitely my go-to. Yeah, I agree. I, I was I was the same. I was always far more into Chinese. But then mm. I find I have Chinese and I'm so underwhelmed after I've eaten it. It's like, ugh. There's an Indian. The flavour is just, yeah, lovely. I find that I'm hungry again after Chinese about mm. half an hour later. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Well. There you go. There we have it. That is our five favourite things as uh, listed on the guest who. Mm. So, yeah. 
I hope you enjoyed listening to them. Is that is that us done? Well, we we could do. Are we, are we finished? Are the, are the viewers not expecting? Um, hey James and Matt, um... you have one new message. Hey James and Matt, <gasps> well, you have one new <laughs> message. Hey. Oh God! I've got to take that thing off loop. Yeah. <laughs> I love the um, fact I heard the click as well before I know <laughs> well let, let's see what the video voicemail uh, has got for us and we'll do a quick answer to it hey James, Matt, this is Julio Cesar Ruiz Milton from the Suicide Squad reaching out to congratulate you on your 100th podcast episode of This Week in Metropolis I know it takes a lot of hard work tenacity, a lot of hours and of course sacrifice in order to complete that feat I can't wait to get into your show and even though you might be the ones that are used to asking the questions, I have one for you. Who is your favorite comic book squad? Hmm? Well, get back to me on that one. Hopefully we'll chat again soon. And I can congratulate you on your 200th podcast episode of This Week in Metropolis. Have a good one. Nice. He's a lovely guy. Well, and nice uh, as, as you may have heard, uh, and that's Julio Cesar Ruiz. Who is Milton out of the Suicide Squad? I recognise him. Yeah. Suicide Squad, the James Gunn um, Suicide yeah, Squad. Yeah. He's also in loads of other things. Uh, Mayans uh, MC, I think. There's a TV series and I definitely Blue Bloods and stuff, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Um, but yeah, his questions finish off the show. Is what is your favourite comic book squad? Hmm. You so, go, so have, you, have you already thought one? one? You, I you have. Know. I would say my favourite comic book squad, um, to mix it up a bit, is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is, uh, oh, yeah. Is nice. Classifies as a squad. They started off as comic books, but I think they're the, my lifetime favourite, no, no, I would say. Yeah, nice. I think mine, I mean, from my limited knowledge, it it, it just have to be the Avengers now, because just... Hmm? Again, not being a comic book reader, but actually going down that journey of the films in the MCU, I absolutely love it. I think, yeah, they're they're just a mixed, you know, the the mixture of characters all coming from different kind of backgrounds, and yeah, I, I absolutely love the Avengers. So, um, yeah, great question. Good answers. Thank you very much, Julio, for, for that. Indeed. Well, so. we will. Yeah, I was just going to say we'll be um, back next. Tuesday live for our final episode of the series where we will be joined for the rescheduled guests fingers crossed they're all back to good health um the meanwood brewery we're going to be getting drunk again basically because we've got a load of their beer. Got load of beers to drink while we're on air so anything could happen yeah so bring your, dr- your drinks with you as well join us next week um and um yeah we will see you all soon Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite service. Past and future episodes can be found on all major streaming platforms, including Amazon, Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube. You can also contact James and Matt via Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. They will return in the next This Week in Metropolis.